a call to remembrance. Uh, the last time I spoke with you, I spoke on the importance of the body, how valuable and how essential it is in the function of life, and whether it's physical or spiritual. You're not doing much without your body. And how it, you know, will enhance your ability. Uh, or it can also, you know, make it challenging and difficult. Not with, not forgetting the grace of God that uh, pours through uh, in spite of that. So yes, and since that time, uh, I've had a body challenge. And, uh, but we are, uh, we're over the hump. And uh, uh, looking forward to feeling better, and even more better than what we feel today. Uh, so, but after that, that time, that that Sunday that I preached on the body, it is customary for me to, to Sunday morning, or not Sunday morning, Monday morning, you know, uh, to, to ask the Lord, you know, what's for Sunday? What do you want me to talk about on the following Sunday? Uh, not knowing that I wouldn't be speaking on the following Sunday, but, you know, in preparation. And uh, as... Normally, he will, you know, just impress my spirit. It's impress my spirit. Most of us are probably familiar with that, you know, how God speaks to you. And that's the normal way that, that he does, you know, uh, throw a thought in there, throw a direction in there. But that Monday morning, he, he spoke with a, with a clarity, uh, with, you know, a decisiveness and he said, tell my people to count their blessings. And so I wanted to go ahead and find out, Lord, what is? And he's not saying that we're not counting them. But he said, you need to go back further. Your remembrance sometimes is, you know, yesterday the year, the two years, the three years, the four years. But he said, you need to start to go back, you know, further than what you have been going. And go ahead and count your blessings, not in the magnitude of the, the necessarily trying to number them, but being aware of the presence of those blessings that have been throughout your, your life. With an emphasis of, you know, uh, gratitude. We've talked about Thanksgiving, you know, and expressing it and, and how important it is. So when we are counting our blessings, we're not t tallying up numbers, but we're going to be aware of those the presence of his blessings, a recognition and a gratefulness to appreciate them one by one into 
meditate upon them. Because when we forget the past blessings, we lose the anchor that keeps us from drifting. And so there is a covenant memory that God had entered into with the children of Israel. And the book of Deuteronomy is a book basically about covenant memory. You should remember you were slaves. Remember his mighty works. Remember, 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 remember. So you have a passage of scriptures, and we'll throw them up there, uh, Andy, if you would, this morning. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Please understand this morning, church, that, you know, that I'm not suggesting that you're not giving thanks. But somehow God wants us to go deeper. And the, the, the idea is, is, is that uh, we need to plant seeds of gratitude. Seeds of gratitude so that we can have harvests of gratitude. The law of harvest cannot be diminished or bypassed. If you don't sow the seed of gratitude, you will have a difficult time having harvests of gratitude. All right? It's just the way it is. Jesus said this, you know, as he was giving the parables. He said, if you don't understand the law of harvest, that is, sowing and reaping, he says, you're not going to get any of it. You're not going to get any of it. So it's an investment. And uh, 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 however that translates to us, uh, it, it is what the Lord you know, has, has said. A covenant of memory with gratitude is called gates of reflection. In Psalms 118 and 19, it says, Open the gates of righteousness for us that we may enter and praise our God. So the gates of, of reflection. Uh, Psalms 103 reminds us that God himself has a, you know, commits himself to remembering he remembers that we are dust. Thank God that he is not just running loose. You know what I mean? But he's bringing the whole picture together. When we have a, a, a covenant of memory, it influences how you engage the present and how you face the future. Amen. Another passage of scripture. Continue earnestly in prayer. Being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices and with my song I will praise him. Oh that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. 
I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. How many know that's past? Amen. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of all your deeds. Isn't it interesting that in our pursuit of the future, God says it's very important that you look to your past. In our pursuit of God's promises, we need to remember, you know, with deep interest, what's already happened in our lives. When we forget the past blessing, we lose the anchor that keeps us from drifting. See, it was God himself that started the remembering thing, the symbols of remembering. As the flood had, you know, went ahead and cleansed the earth. And God says here, I'm going to give you a symbol to help you re- be reminded of a promise that I'm making. And the, so we have the beautiful rainbows now that stimulify that God says, you know, the whole earth will never, ever again be flooded like that. When we forget to be grateful, we have a tendency to demand rather than listen. To condemn rather than love. It was a memory lapse in the life of Eve that when the serpent questioned, has God really said? The failure to remember the truth of the fact, yes, God has said, a memory lapse. Yes, I believe that covenant memory needs to become a righteous habit of our mind. See, covenant memory is evident in the life of Saul and David. Saul was a great king. Saul had amazing victories. You know, he wasn't always on the downslide. He was used of God. When he was humble in the sight of God, God used him. But as he stood before the Philistines, and this moment in time when he should have been engaging the enemy, when he should have been leading the troops, he was huddling in his tent. He's huddling in his tent because he's having memory lapse. Covenant of memory was not stimulating him anymore. Fear gripped his heart. And so therefore, he did not engage the hour that was before him. But not so with David. David, when he arrived on the scene, David did not have a memory lapse. He had a memory covenant. And he said, I remember... I remember the battle, the battle with the bear. I remember the battle with the lion. And the God that delivered me from them is the same God that's going to deliver me from 
this Philistine, uncircumcised Philistine. So the power of covenant memory began to play and stimulate into David's life. If you hear me this morning, how it is designed. As we call to remembrance and we open the gates of reflection. Sometimes we're chasing our tomorrows, you know, so aggressively that we're failing to really appreciate the dynamics. Of yesterday. Of yesterday. Not a rebuke, but an adjustment. While there are a multitude of distractions that compete for our attention, distractions that would confuse our knowledge and memory of the Lord. But covenant memory is not merely recollecting past events. It is not nurturing a spirit of sentimentality. It is a stance toward life. Towards one past and present and ultimately a foundation for confidence in the future. Oh, hallelujah. Memory is an act of Faithfulness to God. Israel had rocks of remembrance when they crossed the Red Sea. They were told to each tribe to take a rock out and place it on the shore to be rocks of remembrance. Why? Because you're going to have more Red Seas, you know, more Jordans that are in your way, you know, trying to keep you from the fullnesses of all the promises of God. One of the stimulating things that brought confidence to uh, Apostle Paul with regard to Timothy. He says, when I call to remembrance, and he begins to play upon the past. Hallelujah. Absolutely. There's such a tremendous connection to the future and the dynamics of it. Gratitude, I believe, is the pathway to permanent change. I don't know what it may be today that you're believing for, and, you know, or what obstacles may seem to be hindering, what challenges may be there, but would you go back? Would you go back? Go back far enough. If you're not getting it yet, if it's not revitalizing you, you know, if it's not coming through, go back further. Paul wrote to, I believe it is in uh, Ephesians, he said, Remember that you were dead in trespasses and sins. 
Never want to forget. Never want to forget. Paul said there's a lot of things that I can boast about. But there's one thing that I'm going to boast in more than anything else is my salvation. This call to remembrance is an opportunity to retell the story of of God's power. Tell it to your children and your children's children. Sometimes it's pretty hard to tell it to your children and your children's children if we've lost the memory of it. And so we need to go ahead and refresh our memories. Because when we begin to tell it, it will remind us of his guidance, his blessings, his help, and his loving presence. It will remind us that God is involved in our lives. When we remember, it brings stability in our present. Those present wavering sometimes. And hope for an unknown future. It fortifies our faith, our trust, and our hope. We sow seeds of gratitude. We'll have a harvest of gratitude. And it'll block the toxic negatives of emotions. It will shift our, our focus. Gratitude. It's the wellspring of humility and ambition. It's the magnet pull for prudence. It's the platform for courage, and it's the engine for progress. It sets our attitude for living. When you count your blessings, those are sacred numbers. They're just not mathematical. They're sacred numbers. It was ingratitude that delayed the Israel from their promised land. You're familiar with it. See, when you reflect on God's blessings, what you're really doing is you're rehearsing God's accomplishments. The easiest way to make your blessings count is to count them. The easiest way to make your blessings count is to count them. See, faith is not believing without evidence. Faith is remembering the evidence that you have seen. Let me say that again. Faith is not believing without evidence. Faith is remembering the evidence that you have seen. Now, faith is something to hope for. The evidence. There's evidence of those things. That assurance. When we have thankfulness and gratitude, it's like a rest stop for our soul. The exhausting and seemingly, you know, uh, 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 
unending, you know, paces of life. It must be a shortcoming that we have. For God himself to say, I wish that men would do a better job of recognizing. How blessed you really are. I wish they would do a better job. Reflection. Reflection. Gates of reflection. You have to develop gratitude. You develop gratitude. I started out, but you got to plant the seed long before you get the fruit of harvest. Gratitude must be planted, it must be watered, it must be dressed, and it must be harvested. Bring gratitude to the circumstance. Rather than waiting for something, the circumstances to make you grateful. That's what he's talking about. Bring gratitude along. Gratitude is so important because it's like a parent. It's the parent of other virtues. And for us to have the other virtues of Christ in our life, it must first of all have gratitude. Because it's the parent. A parent that gives offspring. It begets other Virtues that produces praise. Gratitude is so important because it creates a new context for processing our circumstances. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. So you have to Develop it. Develop a spiritual habit. It was ingratitude that led to the fall and demise, according to Romans chapter 1. When they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were they thankful that's not you that's not me this morning but gratitude needs to be intentional needs to be intentional something that happens in every day of our life that today is a gift when you begin to you know Be intentional about gratitude. You're going to begin to find things to be grateful for. 
So bring gratitude to your experience. Don't wait for a positive experience in order to feel gratitude. Find your satisfaction in Jesus. Find your satisfaction in Jesus. John chapter 4, verse 13. As Jesus ministers to the Samaritan woman, she said, he said, I want you to know that whoever drinks of this well is going to thirst again. But he says, the water that I'm going to give him, that I'll give you, you will not thirst again. You will find your full satisfaction where? In Jesus. The prophet said this. He said, my people have committed two evils. They've hewn out cisterns that can't hold water. And they've got water that does not satisfy. What are you saying, Pastor? In the midst of all of our blessing, they are not the true source. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. He says, they're broken cisterns. They can't hold water. I always got to go after more. Now, I love blessing as much as anybody. And I pursue when we're encouraged to. But you need to drink more from the living water than from the natural waters. Somebody give a Lord a praise this morning. pastor we're going to beat the devil to the punch that's right you're going to beat him to the punch but he's going to do everything he can you know to minimize your gratitude and your thankfulness he's going to delay things as long as he can so if he can get you you know what I mean to lose memory Let me tell you what, church. God has said. God has said. The God that delivered me from the paw. In the jaws. What memory, recollection do you need and do I need this morning? Maybe you haven't lived long enough to not necessarily need a lot of them. That's what us old people are here for. <laughs> that's, why this, that's why the rocks were there. That's why the stones were there. To get your attention. 
let you know that you're going to need some monuments in your life. Hallelujah. Monuments that mom and dad maybe told us about. Events that may have transpired and it might not always been so pleasant, but they come on through the other side because we made a covenant of memory. David said, if I should forget thee, let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. Oh, tell me. So concerned. This great prophet, this great, this, this great, you know, musician, this great king. Recognizing the potential, the possibility. That at a wrong time, at a wrong moment, I could forget. And stop looking at what the Lord has done. Amen, church? I'll tell you. Develop a spiritual habit. Find your satisfaction in Jesus. Always be joyful. Listen, salvation is not something you collect after you die. It is the common sense, practical, useful salvation that starts in everyday life right here and right now. Salvation is. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. It is. Today, salvation has come to your house. He, he told, you know, uh, Zachariah, not Zacharias, the guy in the tree. Anyway, <laughs> Zacchaeus. <laughs> yeah, today, today it's yours. It belongs to you today. Hallelujah. Praise God. What does he do? He takes Jesus to his house. Amen. He begins to entertain him. He begins to come clean. He said, listen, Jesus. He said, if I've, if I've taken anything, I'm ready to restore it fourfold. Yes. How do you really develop gratitude you got to invest in people you got to invest in people it says and Paul writes to Timothy he says store up for yourselves a good foundation from time to come that you may lay hold on eternal life and what is he talking about he says let them do good that they may be rich in good works ready and willing to, to share It's about others. It's about others. Let me say it again. It's about others. Society has made it about us. God says you don't have to worry about you. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. Yes, foundation of time to come that may lay hold on eternal life. Every time you're generous in your investments, you invest in your eternal home. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 17. He said, I'm not seeking a gift from you. 
but I seek the fruit that abounds toward your account. He said, there's account in heaven. We take offerings. You know, we invite you to do this, or we, you know, uh, do some ministry type thing. You know what I mean? We're not trying to extract from you. We're trying to enrich in your heavenly account. Heavenly account. The good news is that anything you put in God's hands, we got some sweeties coming here. Things get out of balance by entitlement mentality. Why, why would that be important, Pastor? Because that's our culture. That's our culture. Entitlement mentality. Why is that important? Because culture has had a tendency to always influence the people of God. It was the cultures that were still left in the land of Canaan. It was the culture of Egypt that influenced the children of Israel so that when they left the land in the miraculous and most powerful way, it was Joshua that said, you need to take those gods that you brought across, brought, you know, with you from Egypt, and you need to get rid of them. Culture is not an insignificant thing. And that's the reason. That we set up a standard against it. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. See, gratitude really is the accent of heaven. Whenever you converse and talk and if you hear somebody giving thanks and being grateful, and, you know what I mean? And this is not, you know, not saying that you, what you're going through. You can talk about what you're going through, but I'll always conclude it with. It's the accent of heaven. And that multiplies your your blessing. So how do we maintain gratitude when you're faced with the greatest challenges of your time and in your period? Jesus gave thanks in the face of horror. The Bible says, and which we're familiar with this season that we're coming upon. As he stood there with his disciples, and he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Here's what he's saying. Because he's having a future look. He's, He's having, you know, he's seeing something past the circumstance, what he's going through. 
Thank you, Father, that my body, symbolized by this bread, is about to be brutally broken, and I'm about to be momentarily condemned by your wrath. Isaiah 53 and 10 backs that up. So that you will receive supreme glory in being able to forgive undeserving sinners. His visual, his visual, future joys. Philippians chapter 2, every tongue to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's more interested in the glory of God than he is his own physical state and being. He said, I will share eternal, I will share eternal full joy with hundreds of millions of forgiven sinners. Made righteous through my sacrifice. That's what he's saying when he takes and blesses that bread. And that cup. He's seeing the results. The results. So Jesus asked musicians to come. Future joys were fueling his thankfulness. That created endurance for him. Looking unto Jesus, finisher, often the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the same, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. His eyes were, were on the future. That's how you get through it. That's how you maintain gratitude. As you focus on the promised joy. God is able to work all things together for good. You know what the result is going to be? No matter what's, what you're going through and how, how difficult and how challenging it's been. Because God is with you. Is that it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It might not be like you expected, but it's going to be good. And once it's, you know, more fully developed, you're going to say, ha, his idea was better than mine. His timing is better than mine. His way was better than mine. During that time, I had some thoughts, God. But I'm going to give up my thoughts. I'm going to trust in the thoughts of God. 
thoughts of good. What's God's thoughts? They're good. They're not evil. Yeah. The best thing that you can do is wait on the Lord. Stop waiting on yourself and start waiting on God. Wait in his presence. Thank you, Lord. What do you got to look forward to? You have complete forgiveness for all your sins, extending into forever. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. You'll never have to merit your justification. Knowing this, that no man is justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, you know what I mean? You're you're in the right position. You're in a wholesome place. All because of... You have all your needs provided for you on earth. God shall supply all your needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You're going to receive grace that you need for all the work that God has called you to do so that you don't just do it, but you abound in it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. When it just seems like, you know what I mean? It isn't working. God says, I'm going to complete what I've started in you. I'll finish it. I'll finish it. And I have not particularly enjoyed these last couple of weeks on this wheel that I've been spinning. I know now, as I always have, but even more clear, I'm pretty mortal. But God says, I'm going to get the job done. Because it's God that worketh in you, both the will and to do of his good pleasure. There may be a lot of resistance, but just try fighting against God. I don't think I was. I don't know all this whole, this whole thing. But he's begun it. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. How many believe there's more? Yeah. Absolutely, there's more. Absolutely. Give the Lord a praise. There's more. Where you're at right now, where I'm at, where the church is, where it needs to be, there's more. Life is about a whole lot more than earning a living and and raising a family and enjoying the journey and all of those are for real but 
someday soon, you're going to see Jesus and, and be with him. Keep your gratitude. Stand with me. Keep your gratitude higher than your expectations. Keep your gratitude higher than your expectations. Seize the day and be thankful. Oh, yes. Tell others. Tell others that you're grateful. It's important. You can tell yourself and you can tell God what you need to tell others. It will do wonders for you and for them. Are you grateful? I believe you are. Are you thankful? I believe you are. Is there room for improvement? Sure. So you just begin to sow the seed of it. How far you have to go back? Maybe just yesterday. Maybe 40 years. Some of you that are, you can't go back 40 years. Others can go back. Doesn't make any difference how far you've got to go back. But go back until you can get a real reflection of covenant memory wonderful Savior. Amen. Gracious God. Spot the flowers on the street. Spot the flowers on the street. Don't be a Saul and forget your past victories. Be a David. And remember, your victories of the past. Let me read in closing this morning again what covenant memory is. It is recollecting past events, or excuse me, it is not merely recollecting past events, no, although it's part of it, or nurturing a spirit of sentimentality. That's, that's not what I'm about this morning, although you may really be moved. It is a stance toward life, towards one past and present, and ultimately a foundation for confidence in the future. Amen. Amen. It is an act of faithfulness to God. Father, this morning, we want to be aware 
of the presence of blessings. Because when we are aware of the presence of your blessings, we begin to provide shepherding for our soul. The soul that's the mind, the will, and the emotions that has so many variables, has so many ups and downs and turns and changes, affected so much by circumstances. And so therefore, we need, we need a rest stop in our life. God, what we find and provide that repose for our soul. Father, we sow this morning in our lives and our heart some fresh seeds of gratitude. Nurturing them and watering them and eventually harvesting them at various points. Thank you for this, people. Thank you for the hour. God, as the church arises, God, in her gratitude, Father, in measures that begin to inspire the downtrodden and the heavy laden, oh God, God, you talked about weariness. You said, don't be weary in well-doing. And so we know it's possible to get weary. And so, Father, we pray for an infusion. An infusion, God, that will begin to move us from weariness to strength, from hopelessness to, to hope. And just because we can't see the way, Lord, help us to just hold the hand of the one that, who is the way. We don't have to find the way. You are the way. We don't always have to see the way. You are the way. We don't always have to be in the know because you are the truth. I bless this house. I bless, I bless the people. I bless their fields. I bless their families. Father, I rebuke the devourer according to your word. Father, for your namesake. God, and I thank you for working all things for good. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Give the Lord a praise. You're dismissed. Love one another. Praise the Lord.